Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer, coming to you from Cat Swamp Road in Warren County, New Jersey. And I hope the sound of my voice has everything going well for you, your family, and your farm or ranch operation, or whatever you happen to be doing. And I know in many parts of the country, the cold is still locked in, and a lot of snow in some areas, and I... uh, I think some heavy rains also down south. It's hard to keep track of it because I I enjoy listening to rural radio, not because my show is on it, but I enjoy listening to rural radio during the day, the market day report, and then they have, you know, the weather comes on for the whole country, and I'm able to, to uh, glean what is going on in different parts of our nation, and then also in parts of Canada. So uh, I guess you can't be a farmer and not be interested in the weather. But it's been, uh, we got some snow here the other day. The, um, there was that storm coming up the coast. They, they call it a nor'easter. About 20 years ago, we got a bad snowstorm in the winter, and it's the first time in over here in New Jersey that we ever heard the term nor'easter. And that every time it snows, it's a nor'easter. So, so who knows? But anyway... Some areas got about two feet, and uh, thank God we did not get that. We probably got we got more than they said we were going to get. They said one to three. We we got about seven inches, so not too too bad. And it's a little bit on the chilly side. It was uh, three degrees this morning, and I think it's going to be um, just about that near zero for the next couple of nights, uh, and then it's I think it's supposed to warm up to like forty six. Well, originally they were saying fifty three. But now they kind of backpedaled on that, right? The 46. So uh, who knows? Hey, it's January. Well, it's February now, right? So it's February. And I am excited about going to the National Farm Machinery Show. And hopefully if you are there, then reach out to me prior to that so we can make a meeting place to meet up. And I could give you my uh, cell phone number and you could call me or text me. And I would love to meet some of you if you're going to be there. And it fits into your schedule. But I also learned just this past week that they're going to have that prayer breakfast on Friday. So I really was, I was planning on leaving on Friday. And I was, and uh, so I could get home for the weekend and do my podcast and what have you. But I would, I'm, I'm really, really would like to at least stay for that prayer breakfast and then uh, maybe drive halfway or a little bit less than halfway that Friday and then get home Saturday, which would not be um, the end of the world as long as the weather is is cooperative because coming from New Jersey, going through that neck of the woods, through Ohio, down into Kentucky, and then especially across I-80 in Pennsylvania, you could hit some pretty, pretty wicked storms. So that is, uh, but God willing, that is my plan. And if you're going and you can arrange to go to that prayer breakfast on Friday morning, I don't know if it's a breakfast, that prayer meeting, let's say, uh, farmers praying for our nation. So, um, and for agriculture, that would be wonderful. And maybe I could see it there. But I do need to, to give a shout out to Mr. James Woodworth, and he's from El Rose, Saskatchewan. And I know I had, I had communicated with Mr. Woodworth before, and uh, he actually sent me a beautiful picture of his farm from a few years back and, and covered in snow that I used in my uh, my blog, Flags Across the Harvest. 
And for some reason, maybe it was before the contest, or maybe I messed up. I didn't put a pin in my map, but I have a pin in my map now for Mr. Woodworth. Woodworth in, uh, I said Wood, in L. Rose, Saskatchewan, Canada. And uh, so thank you so much. And he reached out to me uh, with a comment about some brake boosters and also about peak oil. And I sent him an email and I will be getting back to him with my thoughts on that. But on today's episode, uh, we are going to uh, be discussing uh, artificial intelligence. And that's something that's in the news quite a bit right now because John Deere introduced their uh, aut- fully autonomous tractor at the CE, uh, uh, Consumer Elect- CES, Consumer Electronics Show, over in Las Vegas a week or two ago. So there's a lot of buzz about that on the uh, in the news media, on the web, and what have you, radio shows. So we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, and I'm going to give you my take on it and my my exposure to it but always know that we get together here on sirius xm channel 147 rural radio every saturday at 11 a.m eastern and with an encore sunday at 6 p.m that's also the eastern standard time zone but if you miss an episode and you want to catch up just go to my website farmmachinerydigest.com and click on the tab fmd radio and you will be able to hear them but never forget agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability hey this is jeff foxworthy larry the cable guy here happy to bring you jeff and larry's comedy roundup and i was even there when you had first started doing the larry the cable guy thing. Right. i went on stage one day and i said hey this guy would come over to your house hey did you order cable for somebody ordered something and i did that for about 10 minutes rob schneider said that cable guy thing is hilarious and david spade goes that's a saturday night live character jeff and larry's comedy roundup sirius xm 97 This is Sean Haney. If you're serious about ag, it's time to get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in Canada and all of North America. It's your go-to source for the latest ag news impacting producers on both sides of the 49th parallel. Get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern and don't miss the replay at 7 in the morning on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. How do you go about changing the world? You start by growing the next generation of leaders. Hi, I'm Courtney Zimmerman, the 2021-2022 National FFA Central Region Vice President from the state of Wisconsin. Thanks for watching FFA Today on RCTV. FFA Today is a program that showcases these leaders and their achievements, their stories, their innovations. Join us for FFA Today, Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Central, right here on RFD-TV. Hey, folks, join us for the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 11 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 with host Ernie Rodina, Don Dawson, and me, Ron McDaniel, along with our KSU vet tip. We'll have a visit with barrel racing and breakaway roping producer Renee Bowling, followed by a conversation with Colt starter Tiffany McClary. So tune in to the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday or Thursday evening right here on Rural Radio Channel 147.
Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer, and we're going to be discussing artificial intelligence. And that's a term that's very, very broad-based. But it really came to light recently, and specifically, as I said, this past week with John Deere with the introduction of the 8R that is fully autonomous. And from what I understand, they're also going to offer a retrofit kit for that tractor. So if you have a later model 8R, you would be able to uh, integrate the autonomous operation. Now, my goal, hopefully, is to get someone from John Deere on my show so I could ask them some questions. But uh, I'm not I'm not here to have a gotcha moment or do anything, but I do have some serious concerns about autonomy that I have voiced either on the show or my podcast, and nothing with John Deere's example of autonomy or cases or anybody else's. But uh, I think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered that no one is asking and ultimately are not being answered. But that is not what the topic is today. Today, you know, when they talk about autonomy, they the industry keeps bringing up the term machine learning. And it is very common today as technology moves forward as different things in any in any business is that a term is introduced to the public but it's never explained. So that is what I am going to do today is I'm going to be talking about the different types or different aspects of what is called AI or artificial intelligence, which is integrated into a, to some microprocessor or control logic or what have you. So um, it's broad based, but that is what I'm going to touch on. So when you hear the term machine learning, then you'll understand what's being spoken about. And also it is the basis for autonomy, but it is, it's something that you've been exposed to into some level long before an autonomous tractor will ever end up on your farm so without any further ado let me get into that now if you excuse me if you look into if you actually look at this there are three different types of and i'm going to use the word intelligence slash learning when you are talking about some sort of advanced computer controls so the broad-based brush that we would paint it with is called artificial intelligence and that means that this microprocessor based system has the ability to make some sort of decision so just like an intelligence in an animal intelligence in a person an insect you put a an ant is walking on the floor you put an obstacle in front of him he sees the obstacle he's able to quickly glean how to go around it and then continue on his path where he's going if you block him he doesn't go the a different way he just goes around and gets back on his path so there's the term machine learning and then there's the term adaptive learning now this is not really anything that's new it may be new to agriculture as far as this is concerned but these terms not machine learning but adaptive learning and artificial intelligence have been have been around for quite some time matter of fact years ago when i was a young man came out of school and i worked for allen test products the oscilloscope and emissions analyzer company we had an engine analyzer that came out and it was called the sea smart engine analyzer and uh, that had a very <clears throat> a very low level of what they would say AI or artificial intelligence. It was able to look at a scope pattern 
and was able to interpret an ignition scope pattern or some other dynamics of an engine, a cranking compression test or an air fuel ratio, and then prompt a diagnostic or at least tell the mechanic more or less where to look. So that was that was back 40 years ago, 35 years ago. So this technology <clears throat> is not really that new. And I and and somebody who's much more knowledgeable than me may um you know have to correct me but i believe that that some of this technology was first employed in jet fighters so of course that's what they told us years ago at allen touch products they say it's not the level of ai that you would find in a f-16 but it's a very low level of ai of artificial intelligence so it's able to make it it's able to interpret something and then also what had come about is the term adaptive learning now that was not involved with the with the test equipment but if you've had a specifically a general motors and then ultimately every other company but general motors actually brought adaptive learning to cars and in their when they came out in 1982 with their throttle body injection system they had two parameters in there which that was called one was called block learn multiplier and one was called integrator and that basically was the adaptive learning strategy that will that allowed the oxygen sensor to correct the injector pulse width to achieve stoichiometric mixture 14.7 to 1 so and then over time that would learn and what we what it meant by adaptive learning is let's say arguably that this engine had a small vacuum leak so over so many starting cycles so many warm-up cycles and that was all in the programming of the of the engine control computer it would say alrighty, that we need to modify our pulse width to this certain level to, to compensate for the engine being lean it doesn't know that it has a vacuum leak it just knows that the engine is lean and whenever the battery was disconnected and even on a 2022 vehicle i don't care what brand it is if you were to disconnect the battery and or change the battery in it lots of times for the first couple of miles the transmission may not shift right that you would have to that the idle speed may be too high or it may be too low and what needs to be happen is that the vehicle needs to be driven and this could happen with your tf4 tractor it could happen with your pickup truck it could happen this happened in 1982 40 years ago with a gm throttle body injection car so if you change the battery on it what you'd have to do is before you gave the car back to the customer you would have to drive it three to five miles and it needed to experience different driving scenarios so you needed to come to a stop sign stop sign or stoplight or in the shop let it idle for for 40 seconds then drive it away you needed to get out at highway speed you needed to romp on it put it to the floor so it's a wide open throttle and then it would go through this whole adaptive learning strategy and then also on modern vehicles they actually learn the way that you drive so if you are not too an aggressive driver it's going to change the shift points on the transmission it's going to change the spark advance curve all of these things and if somebody else gets it in is more aggressive it's not it won't be that it doesn't recognize that and modify those parameters but they will it'll put a limit on those parameters until it relearns how this person is driving 
So the idea of adaptive learning has been around for quite, quite some time. And uh, like I said, for the past 30, 40 years, any fuel-injected vehicle and General Motors was the on the forefront of this. Then probably around 1996, everybody took on almost the same strategies. And uh, if you have a scanner or know somebody who's an auto mechanic and they were able to, to scan a, a, a uh, engine control computer plug into it and, and, and see the serial data that the conversation that the engine is having with the computer is that they don't call it block learn multiplier and integrator with general motors terms and but they they call it long-term fuel trim so if you so if if you have a check engine light service engine soon they come on in your pickup truck and it says you know lean or long-term fuel trim that's actually adaptive learning because it sees what's going on so now that is adaptive learning and then what we have to i discuss is machine learning and when it comes to autonomy and any type of autonomous tractor they always throw out the term i listen to uh I think it was on on the market day report in rural radio. They had the guy from John Deere on there. And, uh, you know, he must have thrown out seven or eight times machine learning, machine learning, machine learning. Now, whereas you have, a, when, where you have a, adaptive learning, it is going to learn, <clears throat> it's going to learn, for instance, if we use the engine, the car as a, as a common denominator because I already went there. So it's going to learn to compensate for that vacuum leak. And then once you take the, once you disconnect the battery or erase the memory out of the microprocessor, it's going to have to relearn that. And now what machine learning is a little bit different. And when it comes to autonomy, what the, what it's basically talking about is through cameras that that tractor is going to learn your field so for instance like in our particular field my one cornfield i have a flagpole in the middle of the field because like many farmers it was a tree there and a big rock so that was a good place to put the flagpole because we couldn't get the rock out and we, well if we weren't going to get the rock out there was no use killing the tree so that's there so what would happen is in with an autonomous tractor or piece of farm equipment over time that the tractor would learn through the autonomous system would learn through machine learning so the machine is being taught just like you're saying to somebody if you have a new hire on the farm say watch out over there when you're running the chisel plot is a big rock so and then the guy hits the rock boom right and then he, he learns where it is so hope the tractor is not supposed to hit the hit the something to learn where it is but what they're talking about machine learning is that the tractor will learn an obstacle in the field or learn the shape of the field from going through it. And that is a very, very advanced control logic and algorithm inside a microprocessor. So the majority of this, these autonomous tractors is going to be based keyed upon the input from the cameras, but the input from the cameras are irrelevant if the processor does not have the ability to learn or if it is a slow learner so if you look at this really in all honesty other than using this to steer a tractor through the field with no operator aboard is that artificial intelligence has been around for many many years and as i said in the beginning that i worked with artificial intelligence with the oscilloscopes and the emissions analyzers and what we used to do was 
and we would be able to critique that calibration or that algorithm and be able to to tune it up i mean that as far as input to the to the development team as far as adaptive learning which is part of that so adaptively the, the your pickup truck your wife's car for many many years has has enjoyed adaptive learning so that's not something that's new and then machine learning is probably a little bit more in detail it's a combination of adaptive learning and it all falls under the, like i said under the guise of artificial intelligence and it will actually learn different it'll learn the shape of a field it'll learn the, the obstacles in the field that there's a rock there what have you so that all comes together as far as the autonomous tractor is concerned but when you listen to it on the news it says machine learning or you read something that says machine learning and that's really what it's the microprocessor has the ability to take this data in and then pro i don't want to say process it but use it to educate itself but you need to keep in mind that once it uses gets that data in there everything is controlled agri uh, algorithmically i would say agriculture al algorithmically so there needs to be an algorithm that is going to say okay when we see this obstacle in the field that we have to turn the steering wheel and we have to go around it and that's really the complex part the machine learning part and the adaptive learning strategy is complex but not as complex as the algorithm because otherwise it would be like you talking to someone or like i you know calling when i when sparky was alive my dog and he'd be going out into the call field go sparky sparky right he heard me but he didn't do anything about it so it has to be this this synergistic approach through the artificial intelligence which one of the areas is what is called machine learning and then having the proper algorithm for it to get the, the, the proper response to what is being seen. So hopefully this sheds a little bit of light on if you hear something next, you know, moving forward about, about autonomy, autonomous tractors, autonomous vehicles, is that the term machine learning <clears throat> comes up quite, quite, quite often. Up north, the lakes are frozen, yet the fishing remains hot. We talk with a pro fisherman that regardless the season, he is reeling in the big ones, ice fishing, and making memories during every season. We have the latest outdoor news, and remember, Valentine's is just around the corner. This is Beck with the Bend. Join me as we go through those stories and more this Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon from the Cowboy Channel and Rural Radio and Western Sports Roundup. Every weekday afternoon, we bring you the latest in Western sports. Please join me and the entire Cowboy Channel team, Justin McKee and Ty McClary, Amy Wilson-Cameron, Janie Johnson, Jeff Metters. We'll keep you in touch with professional rodeo, cutting, reining, barrel racing, roping, bull riding, and more. Western Sports Roundup, 3 in the West, 6 in the East on the Cowboy Channel, on Rural Radio, and on the Sirius XML. How do you go about changing the world? You start by growing the next generation of leaders. Hi, I'm Cole Bearlocker, the 2021-2022 National FFA President from Washington. Thanks for watching FFA Today on RFD-TV. FFA Today is a program that showcases these leaders and their achievements, their stories, 
their innovations. Join us for FFA Today, Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Central, right here on RFD-TV. The Rural Evening News, the only primetime newscast that matters to rural America. That report is out, caught me by surprise. Grain and livestock markets kind of going all over the place. The weather outlook for the coming days. This system is really picking up some steam. And Western sports. An incredible ride you will have to see to believe. In one jam-packed half hour. The Rural Evening News, weeknights at 7.30 Eastern. On Rural Radio, Channel 147, the Agribusiness and Western Lifestyle Channel. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. If you have any questions on that, I know I went through it quickly because it's a short show, but it gives you a basic idea. And hopefully you have a um, a higher respect for when you get in your pickup truck and you drive to town to realize that it has all of this adaptive learning strategies and artificial intelligence in it. But before we get into the under the sheet metal segment, we got to get Tex Rubinowitz in here from Ripsaw Records. He's the hot rod man. He's got real learning. All right, Tex, thank you so much. So the under the sheet metal segment today is going to discuss a thermostat. The purpose of a thermostat is to reduce engine warm-up time, maintain optimum running temperature, and help with heater output if so equipped. When an engine, gasoline or diesel, is cold, several undesirable events occur. The wear rate of the internal parts is excessive due to poor lubrication and friction. Some older diesel farm engines experience 1,100% more piston ring wear when cold than when at normal operating temperature. When an engine is cold, the fuel vaporizes poorly, and this leads to dilution of the engine oil. Also, sludge forms in the crankcase due to a buildup of condensation. Thus, the goal is to get an engine to operating temperature quickly. A thermostat makes this possible. The thermostat sits in a liquid coolant and is used to completely block or, in some engines, limit coolant flow to the radiator when cold. Since there is little or no flow to the radiator, the coolant in the block warms up faster due to a lack of heat rejection. The flow path is opened against spring pressure by an element charged with a wax substance having a high coefficient of thermal expansion. As the coolant temperature rises, the wax melts and compresses the rubber insert. But since the rubber acts like an incompressible hydraulic fluid, it moves the thrust push rod. The thermostat is now opened against spring pressure and coolant flow begins. Every thermostat is marked with a temperature rating on it. Contrary to what most believe, it is not the coolant temperature the thermostat is fully open or the engine will run at. It's the temperature that it begins to open. This is when flow starts. It takes approximately 20 degrees Fahrenheit more temperature for the thermostat to fully open. A thermostat rated at 180 degrees Fahrenheit will crack open at that temperature, but will not be fully open to approximately 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Thermostatic control of the engine temperature begins at crack open. It will modulate the flow up to the point it is fully open, and the maximum amount of coolant flow goes to the radiator. If the wax motor in the thermostat fails or becomes weak, the spring pressure will close the flow path, and the engine will overheat very quickly. 
If the cooling temperature is acting strangely, the first step is to replace the thermostat. It is the key to coolant flow in the engine. So listen, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today and know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher in my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed week. Be safe and be warm. I'll catch you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. We know this past year has been challenging in many ways, but as agriculture continues to adapt, we are right there with you. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Join me each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. In 4-H, we believe talent is everywhere, but opportunity is not. And the gap this is creating between our kids is only getting wider. There are many causes, but it mostly comes down to race, what their parents earn, and where they live. This can mean less investment in schools, in after-school programs, and in community services. It's all made worse by unequal access to education, technology, healthy foods, and the mentors who inspire our young people. The recent pandemic has pushed some kids even further behind. It's time we provide opportunities for all our kids. It's time to invest in their potential so they can help our communities and our country thrive. Not in the future, right now. We believe nothing should hold a kid back. And if we all pull together, nothing will. Visit 4-H.org today and join us. How do you go about changing the world? You start by growing the next generation of leaders. Hey y'all, I'm Mallory White, the 2021-2022 National FFA Eastern Region Vice President from the state of Kentucky. Thanks for watching FFA Today on RFD TV. FFA Today is a program that showcases these leaders and their achievements, their stories, their innovations. Join us for FFA Today, Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30.